welcome to the Solar Tech Podcast, where we dive into the solar industry. Whether you're looking to sell solar or get it for your home, this podcast is for you. We go over the pros and cons of solar companies, utilities, products, purchasing options, and much more. So grab a pen and paper and let's get going. Hey everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Solar Tech Podcast. I am your host, Justin. And this episode, we're basically going to go over the basics of solar. I'm going to go over the top five questions that people typically ask me when I'm in a consultation with them um, and just go over basically a little bit about them. In later episodes, we're going to get a little bit more into some of them, like a little bit more detail. This is just a basic top five questions, uh, stuff that you might want to be asking when you're in a consultation with somebody and you just want to know a little bit more about it. So the first question is essentially, how does solar work? So depending on whether you get a ground mount or a roof mount, essentially it works the same way. It's just installed differently. You get the panels, which when heat hits them, it's a photovoltaic uh, panel. So when the heat hits it, little electrons on the inside start popping around, and that creates electricity. That electricity is shot down into an inverter. The inverter converts it from DC to AC because when the panels are creating power, they are creating it in a DC current so the inverter converts to ac which is what your house runs off of and then that runs into your breaker box depending on the company some companies will have just an inverter and straight to the breaker box some will have uh, micro inverters or a regular inverter but then have an extra meter because that keeps track of what the power um what the panels are generating to where some inverters say like the ones that solar city use is just one inverter keeps track of everything inverts it and sends it into the grid. So essentially panels, inverter, then you need your house. And then the next question would be what happens to the power generated that is not used? So if you produce more power than what you use, that goes back into the grid because you're always going to be connected to the grid as of now. They won't allow you to disconnect from it unless you live in the middle of Timbuk freaking two. But essentially the power goes back into the grid and it's stored there And then when you use it, so say like at night, say in the daytime, you're not home, generate a ton of power, you come home at night, throughout the day you built credits with the utility. So now at night, that that credit's going to come back. So it's just a giant cycle. And how I usually explain it to people is it's how AT&T used to be with their minutes. We have rollover minutes where you have 1,000 a month. And if you don't use that 1,000 and you only use 800, then you have 200 rollover the next month, now you have 1,200. Same concept with solar to where... If you produce a thousand kilowatt hours in a month, we only use 600 of it. The next month, you'll be starting 400 in the positive. So sometimes a lot of people will build credit in the winter time, and then when in the summertime comes around, they have credit built up. So when they're using more than what they're producing, they're not. They might not have a Edison bill or a utility bill, depending on what utility they're on, because they are they have credit built up over the winter time some people don't build credit some people use more power than what they produce and that's essentially an offset so we will do a uh like a tear shave to where you 80 percent of your power that you use is produced by solar the rest of it's from the utility so if you have it that way then you will have uh, a bill from the utility even if you sign up and they say you're at 100%, there's still 
a likelihood that you might get a bill from the utility because you are using their power. So if you use more than what you produce, you're going to owe the utility as well. If you produce more than what you use, then the utility is going to pay you. And that's typically after what they call an annual true-up. So at the end of the year, after all the credit's been used and given, used and given, at the end of the year they say, you use 10,000 kilowatt hours, but you produce 10,000, so you owe us nothing. Or you use 12,000, but only or only produce 10, so you owe us for 2,000 kilowatt hours. So at that time, you can uh, pay them or vice versa, they can pay you. But you can keep track every single month on the utility bill. It typically will show you the credit that you have, or you can always call in and say, hey, how much credit do I have? So that way you can have a general idea. Uh, the next question would be, can I store the power that it doesn't uh, that doesn't go into the grid? Or can I just store power so that way I can run off a battery backup? Yes, you can, but you can't go completely off the grid. So Tesla has a battery called the power wall to where it's just a lithium battery that goes on the outside or inside, wherever you want it, of the house, and it stores the power. The thing with those is it's not meant to run heavy stuff on it. It's mainly for keeping lights on, keep the refrigerator, but you're not supposed to run a dryer. You're not supposed to do things that consume a lot of electricity that doesn't need to be consumed because having a refrigerator on at night is more important than running a load of laundry where you can do that during the day. Um, but they have two different sizes, a 7 kilowatt and a 10 kilowatt. Um, one of them is made just as a battery backup to where if your power goes out, then it kicks on. The other one will come basically use a solar in the day, battery night, solar in the day, battery night. So it goes back and forth where you're not using the utility much at all. Um, battery backup, I mean, we'll get into that in a later episode, but it just depends on where you live um, and your, I guess, your, your wants and needs uh, on whether or not you would want to get a, a, a power wall or any other type of battery. And then the other question would be, uh, how am I charged? So when you get a bill from a solar company, how are they generating that price uh, to give you? So how it works is two ways, essentially. One is you get a loan. So we're going to get that later, like Hero or My Power or Flex or something like that. And you, uh, you're paying for the panel. So it depends on what you pay per watt. Most people pay about $5 per watt. So you take $5, 10 kilowatt system. You're looking at fifty grand, uh, $50,000 system. So you're paying that off. The other ways are like a PPA release. PPA is a power purchase agreement. So what that means is you are paying for the power that you produce. Not that you use, that you produce. So if in a month you produce 1,000 kilowatt hours and you signed up for, um, I keep on saying Solar City, but let's say you signed up for Solar City, um, they start at 15 cents. So your bill should roughly be around $150 plus taxes and whatnot. Um, but you get paid a fi- or you get charged a fixed amount for the power that you produce. So at the end of the month, they should send you something saying you produce this much power. This is how much you owe us. Now, depending on how much you pay for that power, it depends on the company you go with and the and the uh, program that you go with. Because some of them have um, 
say they get 15 cents with a 2.9% increase. So every single year it starts at 15 cents and it's going to go up 2.9%. So 15, 15.4, 15.9, whatever the numbers are. But it goes at a 2.9% increase for the term of uh, the contract. The other one might be 19 cents flat for the whole 20 years. So if you don't want to have an increase and you want one payment that's going to be exactly the same from year one to year 20, then you just have that flat rate. doesn't mean you have a flat payment. A lease gives you a flat payment. A PPA, your payment is still going to vary because in the wintertime, you're going to produce less, and in the summertime, you're going to produce more. So if you're getting charged $0.15 cents, uh, a kilowatt hour, and in summertime, you produce 1,500 kilowatt hours, then you're going to have a bill roughly of 225 give or take. And then in the summer, in the wintertime, say you only produce 800 times 15 cents, your bill's going to be 120. So your bill is still going to fluctuate, but you have one flat price. Because in the next episode, what I do is I get into uh, how to break down your bill. But essentially, you have the you have multiple tiers. Some companies have four, or some utilities have four. Some have two, some have three, some have time of use. So it, it varies. Um, but essentially, the more power you use, the more they charge you. So with solar, it gives you one flat fixed rate. So you don't jump around on all these other tiers. Now, like I said before, is if you do go over your production, then you jump into the tier one of the utility. You might get a $2 bill from them because you use a couple hundred kilowatt hours of theirs. So essentially, that's how, that's how you get charged. You get charged by how much power you produce. And then last one is, will I still have an Edison bill? Kind of went over that. Um, it depends on how much you use. You'll always have a connection fee. Now, whether or not you'll have a bill is just determining on if you use more power than what you produce. So like I said before, if you have a, a year where you produce 10,000, but you use 12,000 kilowatt hours, then they're gonna charge you for that 2,000. If you, you produce 10,000 but only used nine, then they owe you because you gave them 1,000 kilowatt hour credits. And depending on your utility, um, it varies a little bit, but sometimes you'll have a monthly true up, so at the end of every single month they add it up, or others will have a 12-month true up to where that's where the rollover, rollover, rollover. Because if you do a monthly setup, you don't the, the kilowatt hours don't roll over. Either you get paid or you pay at the end of every single month. With uh, annual true ups, it rolls over from month to month. Um, some utilities will pay at wholesale. So like 5 to $0.07, cents, they'll pay you back. at Some will pay at full retail, so somewhere $0.15. Cents. So all that varies depending on your utility. So, I mean, they vary pretty, pretty, uh, quite a bit, especially out here in SoCal. I mean, I live um, under Edison, but then you have Riverside Public Utility, which is just down the street, small little utility, but their rates are completely different. Their payback's different. They have rebates where Edison doesn't. So there's a lot of differences. So something you want to look at uh, with your utility to see what's covered. So that is pretty much it for the first episode. Like I said, I just want to go over the basics and uh, give a little insight on the top five questions that you might want to ask. I mean, obviously, there's quite a bit more. I mean, you're making a uh, pretty long commitment, so you want to make sure you ask everything and you're knowledgeable and you understand what you are getting. Uh, and we're going to get into a lot more detailed stuff later on. And if there's any particular topics or questions that you have, you can always email me at solartechpodcast at gmail.com. And I will either reply or 
Um, if I think it's a it's a really good one that can be uh, long enough for a podcast, I'll do an episode on it. And then every once in a while, I'll do some Q&A. So if you like some Q&As, leave some feedback, and we can do a Q&A episode one of these days. Uh, so until then, you can go to visit my website to see this episode, justinosmer.com forward slash the solar tech podcast and be sure to subscribe and leave feedback below i appreciate you guys for everything that you are and i'm excited to be doing this so until next time see you